There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. We're taking over. together. Because I'm unconditionally loved by God and that harvest. I come to God as I am. But through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing. I want you to look here. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. Somebody say, I'm ready for the word. Say it again. Somebody holla, I'm ready for the word. Second Corinthians 3, 2. This is the Apostle Paul now writing to uh, the church at Corinth. Here's what he says. We've been looking at this verse now, the second week of this series, fourth message in this series. He says, you are our epistle. Say, I'm a letter. Say, I'm a story. But watch this. He says, written in our hearts. Heart in scripture means mind. So he says, you're a story that's written on somebody's mind, known and read by all men. Watch this. Look at me. The reason you always feel like everybody's watching you is because they are. Because you are a story. Say, I'm a story. And the reason you cannot compare your life to somebody else's life is because you are the story that's being written to encourage them, to inspire them, and to build them. Which means the good, the bad, and the ugly are all something somebody else is reading. So since they're reading you anyhow, you might as well give them something worth reading. Lay your hands on yourself. Make this declaration. Say, I declare that I will live a life that's worth reading. I declare that my story, the good, the bad, and the ugly are being used for God's glory. I have a story that will change lives, that will inspire, that will encourage. I am not an accident. I am not a mistake. I am an evolutionary in Jesus' name. Would you give God praise if you believe what you declared over yourself? Hallelujah. You can be seated tonight. I want to jump into this tonight. We're in week two. I want to start very slow and move into where we're going tonight. We're in week two of a new life-giving message series uh, called This Is My Story because we all have a story. Say we all have one. And this series asks the question, church, what's yours? 2 Corinthians 3, 2, it says, you are our epistle, our story written in our hearts, known and read by all men. And that means all of your life. Somebody say all of it. The good, the bad, and the ugly are a story to somebody else an example of what to do and what not to do. Look at me. I need to set somebody free right at the beginning of this message. You need to no longer live in regret. All the dirt you did, you did it. All the mistakes you made, you made them. All the crazy folk you were in relationship with, you did it. But that was then and this is now. And let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Baby, that ain't nothing but part of your story. I, I don't know about you, but there, there are certain shows that I like. There are certain shows that I like to watch. And, uh, and I like them because the ups and downs in the story. One of them talks about how to get away with different things. And... Um, 
The reason I like the story, the reason I like to watch it is because there is this unique tapestry of ups and downs, of left and right. There's this unique happening that's going on. And what makes it good is when you see the valley really low, but then you see the mountain really high. Watch this. Whenever you live in regret, you will repeat whatever caused you to be in regret in the first place. And so you got to understand that that's just part of your story. Say, it's my story. What was me? Stop looking back, talking about shoulda, woulda, coulda. Baby, you did not. And since you did not, what you need to do is do what you can do now that you didn't do then. Because I think there's a few people that can say, I may not be where I want to be, but I thank God that I'm not where I used to be. Baby, I'm making progress. Every day I'm evolving. And you know how I'm doing it? I'm doing it step by step, which means I may not have made a huge leap like I wanted to, but I took a step forward. And as long as I'm making progress, that means I am not walking in regress. Now, the majority of the Bible is God teaching us lessons through the stories of others. And in Sunday's message, we were introduced to a couple in the Bible in the book of Acts named Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias was the husband. Sapphira was the wife. Ananias' name in Greek means what? Grace. And then his wife, Sapphira's name means what? Jim, just like sapphire. That's where we get that word. Now, in their story, we saw some parts of ourselves that we must evolve. And with their story, we went line by line to extract some life-giving lessons. I want to go back, but then I want to teach you this tonight. Because somebody's saying, Bishop, what's the message tonight? What are you teaching us? It's the dangers of incomplete obedience. Uh-huh. The dangers of incomplete obedience. Acts 4.32. Uh, the issue most of us have is that we do a little of what's right and expect a lot of what's good. And so what we do is we're incomplete in our obedience, so then we see incomplete victory. And so you're mad at God, you're mad at your mama, you're mad at your daddy, you're mad at the man, you're mad at this person, you're mad at Trump, you're mad at this, you're mad at that. And you got a lot of things you could be mad at, but at the end of the day, what you going to do? You can sit up and be mad about other folk. You can sit up and be mad about mama won't do this, daddy won't do this. Or you can sit up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. And I choose to rejoice and be made glad in it. And I will bless the Lord at all times. It is praise so continue to be in my mouth. And I can't do nothing else about what you doing or they doing. But watch me do something with what I can do. I dare you to slap your neighbor high five and say, watch me do it. Yeah, I ain't going to sit up and complain about who didn't help me and who wasn't there for me and who walked out on me and who gave up on me. Thank God that they did that because what it did was show me that I could do it without them in the first place. Y'all not saying nothing. Slap your neighbor, high five, say, this is my story. Acts 4.32. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say. Now remember, I'm setting you up in Acts chapter 4 for Acts chapter 5 where we're going to be introduced to Ananias and Sapphira. Neither did anyone say of any of the things that he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. On Sunday, I taught you that the church at the time of Acts. Acts is when Jesus essentially taps the apostles and he says what to them? Tag your ear. He says, y'all take it over from here. And that's what you need to understand happens in your life. The moment you become a Christian, God says to you, tag, you take it from here. Here's what most of us do. Tag backs. And this is a no tag back tag game. You don't get to say, Lord, you do it. The Lord says, no, you do it. I bled for you. I died for you. I, what else do you want me to do? I've given you everything you need, and you want me to coddle you some more? Now, I said, say, tag, I'm it. Now, notice they have one heart, one soul. Your soul is your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. Heart is mind. So it says one mind and one mind, heart, uh, one, one mind thoughts, will, and emotions. So what he's saying is, is even the innermost parts of them were in agreement. Now, this is important because you can be visually compliant but not submitted. So you can go through the motions but not understand the mission. This is why you have people around you you have to keep repeating yourself to. is because they don't get it. Because they're one, they're one soul but they're not one heart. So the innermost parts of them are not really with you. They are just present. Y'all not saying nothing. All right, watch it. You got some friends now. You already told them, look, I don't like when you do that. And they keep doing it. You know why? Be because they got one soul with you, but not one heart and soul with you. Meaning the innermost parts of them are not connected. And the scripture takes the time to tell us this because what he was saying is nobody held their own truth. And in today's society, everybody wants their own truth. And you know who normally wants their own truth? The most busted people. 
You ever met somebody who don't have a, a pot nor a window, and yet you're trying to tell them, I would this, 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 this. You're trying to help them, and they're trying to school you, and you're like, you can't even get to school? It's quiet in the church. Your truth does not matter if it's not his truth, and his truth is his word. So if I want to know his truth, I got to know his word, but to know his word, I got to be a student. So question, pregunta in Spanish, are you a student or do you just show up? Okay, because for most people, the motion of church is I went, clock, I serve, clock, okay, I give, clock, but you're not a student. That's why Jesus said go and make disciples, students, and more specifically, disciples means disciplined students. A disciplined student says, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't need the teacher to say pay attention. I notice myself wandering. A disciplined student says, I didn't need to go to uh, time or what they, uh, 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 after school, you guys, detention. I didn't need to go to detention. Watch this. I know how to discipline myself. I don't need your rod because I have my own discipline. That's why the Bible says, judge yourself and you would not have to be judged. What does God say? If you would discipline you, I wouldn't do it. Okay, parents, let me prove it to you. How many, when your kids come to you and they tell on themselves, you know what you do? Give mercy. You give mercy because you're saying, well, evidently you get it. You know where you went wrong. So since you judged you, I don't have to whoop you. Or if I do whoop you, it's only going to be a few. Now, you obey your local, state, and federal laws, but a good whooping ain't hurt nobody. Uh, where I come from, in the South, well, whoopings make you get right. Can I get a few witnesses in through here? Some of y'all, the reason you ain't locked up now is because of a whooping. The reason you ain't uh, in some insane asylum is because of a whooping. You came in after them street lights. What's up? Come here. Thank God for a whooping. And watch this. And when you started getting too big for whoopings, they got creative. <laughs> now, look at your neighbor and say, are you a student? Okay, because here's the deal. When you're a student, God's word replaces your truth. It is not, well, this is what I think about relationship. Who cares? You don't run nothing. Who cares? What does he think about it? But well, this is how I feel about giving. Who cares what you feel about giving? What did he say to do? Well, this is how I feel about church. Nobody cares. But you and them 10 people follow you on Instagram. What does his word say about giving? It's, it's, it's quiet up in here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, 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 now. They were one heart and what? One soul. Which means even the innermost parts of them were the same. And we discover this. If we were to read up a couple of verses, you see that this was because they were all students. The Bible says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So the men of God taught it, and they were like, boom, here it is. This is the word. This is it. So whatever I thought yesterday doesn't matter anymore because I've been given a truth that replaces my truth. This is important because this is where Ananias and Sapphira went wrong because they wanted to hold on to their own version of the truth. Rather than saying, what must I do to be in order? They said, here's my idea of order. Okay? And now, verse 33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was any man among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and bought the proceeds of the things that were sold. And they laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each one as they had need. Now, there's several things I taught you on Sunday there. I just want to pull out one thing uh, and go back and get Sunday's message and auto message in our app or in the bookstore. Check this out. It says this, church. It says, great grace came upon them. Somebody say, great grace. Great. Now, uh, grace is already great, but great grace comes upon you when you are of one heart and one soul. So here's God's order. God's order is, God says, I give you leadership in the earth. Jeremiah, I'll give you shepherds after my own heart. God says, I'll give you a man of God. Now that man of God's job is to stay in alignment with me. Your job is to stay in alignment with the man of God I assign you to. That's Jeremiah chapter 3, verse number 15. That's Jeremiah. Uh, read all throughout the scriptures. He says, and I'll give you shepherds after my own heart that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. That's what to do and that's how to do it. Which means God says, my whole order is a right angle. That's my whole system. 
your truth will get perverted. And watch this. This is what happens for many people. Your truth will get perverted and you'll have issues that happen to you when you're young as a child, as a teenager, as an adult that will now make you break the order so you'll think you can get, bypass the triangle, the angle. So then you'll get out of alignment and get into your own truth. I'm just doing my own thing. I'm having church at home. You can't do that. If Jesus went to church, the book of Luke tells us, who in the world are you to talk about I'm just going to do it at home? Okay, see, it got real quiet right there. Because my truth says I'm not doing that. It's quiet in John. But when you are in alignment, somebody say in alignment. Great grace comes upon you. Uh, grace is already great, but great grace is so magnificent that every time you turn around, everywhere you look, something significant is for you. I got a call. Actually, I got an accidental text. And I looked and I said, oh, praise him. Now, I say accidental because on Monday they said, no, that's not going to happen. On Tuesday they said, actually, it's going to happen. Now, I'm going to tell you what it is on Sunday. And test your neighbor and say, it's great grace. Now, watch this. Lift your hands. I declare great grace is upon you. Great grace is upon us. Every time you wake up, every place the foot of your uh, soul, of the sole of your foot shall tread. Great grace shall be with you. Grace is favor, which means everywhere you step, everywhere you look, grace is there. Favor is there. Preferential treatment is there. If you believe it, somebody give God praise right through there. Be seated. I got to work. Say great grace. That's how great grace comes, though. Not from your truth, when you're alignment with his truth. See the right angle? Boom, 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 boom. Watch it. Now, uh, this principle, verse 35, they, lay, they, they, they were so sold out to the advancement of the church that the Bible says they sold the stuff they had and made sure everybody didn't have lack so that nobody was preoccupied with money problems so they could be focused on advancing the church. Isn't that powerful? Check this out. I, I asked you this question on Sunday they, because they sacrificed to see the mission advance. Biblical Christianity isn't about making you comfortable. It's about your life changing so you can change the lives of others. Question, what do you sacrifice so the mission of the church that feeds you advances? What do you sacrifice? Sacrifice has become a dirty word in our culture. And it's become a dirty word because everybody's trying to do their own thing. Which is why we had to start at our truth doesn't matter. Because once I drop my truth, then I'm not trying to do my thing. Once I drop my truth, I'm doing his thing. And his thing, he said, you know, the only thing Jesus said he was building? He didn't say he was building his, a business, your business. He didn't say he was building your marriage. He didn't say he was building your relationship with your kids. He didn't say, those are great things. He didn't say he's building any of that. You know, the only thing he said he's building is his church. So if the only thing he's building is his church, why is it your mind is on a million other things? The only thing he said he was going to build is his church. So question, what do you sacrifice to see that advance? But, you know, I says, I says, if you go through Harvest U, you're taught this principle. Uh, but we are not the type of Christian, and if you're not one, you're going to be one in just a few minutes. We are not the type of Christian where we come to get a blessing. Genesis 12 says we're blessed to be the blessing. But, but here's the reality, old church. What have you sacrificed? What do you sacrifice to see it advance? Or is it, child, I'm coming to get blessed. That's like a crack fiend. You're coming every week to hit up. Y'all not saying nothing. And the problem is then you need some more and some more and some more and some more and some more. Somebody said, we are not that type. <laughs> Say, we're blessed to be a blessing. Matter of fact, just check your row. Say, everybody on this here row is just blessed. Everybody. But notice what they did. They put their money where their mouth was. See, that's the kind of people, watch this. I just feel a little thuggy. That's the kind of people I like. I like them loyal ride or die type people. Anybody else like me where you with me up here, you with me down here? We might have to fight in the back, but please believe by the time we done, I dare you slap your neighbor high five and say, that's the kind of folk I roll with. That's kind of, yeah, I ain't got time for disloyal people where I can't count on them because they can't be counted. I need some folk I know that in the rain, they're going to be with me. In the snow, they're going to be with me. In the valley, they're going to be with me. You got a pastor like that. The pastor got to have some people like that. 
because that's what they did. They sacrificed because they said, this thing is advancing. So if we got to sell our stuff so that we don't have to be bothered with money problems, that's what we're doing. Think about that level of sacrifice. It's a shame that churches have to kill chickens and murder fish to get stuff done. You see how quiet it got? The deacons are having a fish fry. We really got to go murder some catfish? It, it was good. Now, I ain't going <laughs> When I used to eat the cat, I don't eat the cat no more. I don't mess with that catfish no more. I remember when we used to catch them. And I remember the water. So, so, so I remember the water. So we drove to nowhere. And they said, we're going fishing. I said, in that? I said, that looks like chocolate milk. And we caught the fish and did all that. And I was, from that moment, I was looking for an alternative. And, and then they made something. Because I don't remember this tilapia existing in the proportion in which it does until lately. <laughs> but I went to Papa Do's and... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> tilapia. 36, and Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles. Stay with me. We're about to work. We're going to use the board in a minute. Which is translated, son of encouragement, a Levi of the country of Cyprus. Having land, he sold it, brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, now, look, look at this. Uh, uh, verse 30, uh, or Acts 5 and 1. But a certain man named Ananias. Notice Acts 5, 1. But. So it says, everybody else got it but And, oh girl, everybody was in alignment except these two. And there's a potent principle that God needs to un- us to understand tonight, church. God isn't making an exception for how you want to do things. Mm-hmm. God is not making an exception for you to, uh, to how he wants things done. He's not making an exception. Say, God's not making exceptions. Because here's what we think. God, I know you said A. But think about it. If you if you um, if you were a property owner and you had a rental property and you're letting some folk rent it, all right, and every month you said it's due on the first, I'm gonna give you some grace. Give you to the third. Great grace. If the third is on a Saturday, Sunday, you got until Monday. You come around Monday. Uh, so look, uh, you already know how the conversation started. Where this one go? You think to yourself, okay, once, okay, twice, all right, three. T- look, man, you need to plan better, cause all you want me to do is make exceptions. Watch this for your poor planning. It is not my fault that you did not figure out that the first was coming. But here's what happens in life. God, I I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. Okay, since you want all that, here's what that costs. See, God's love is free. Greatness has a fee. So here's what that costs. Okay, well, God, now I put some on it. I'm faithful-ish. You know. You know, I give ish, I serve ish, I attend ish. And so what happens is, is is that you're wanting an exception. See, I teach often about these five T's, these foundational principles. Because if you understand these, everything else falls into place. You know the five T's? I teach it because because here's the reality. You're like, Bishop, you talk about them five T's. You know why I keep talking about them? Because most don't do them all, yet you want it all. But you can only get what you pay for. So our faithfulness to his word is our payment, is our sacrifice for whatever it is we want to see in life. Got it? Okay. Now, um, um, say the five T's. So what's the first T? Time, that's what? Church attendance. Second T, treasure. That's faithful giving of our tithes, offerings, first fruits, love offerings. What's the third T? Talent, that's serving in church. Fourth T, testimony. That's inviting people to church. Fifth T, thirst. That's our prayer, praise, and worship. Now, think about this. Um, God's not making an exception on that. So we don't get to say, God, I'm just not really the praising type. Come on, everybody, lift your hands. 
You people should probably do that. <laughs> Come on, everybody, just shout. Y'all should, he's saying shout. I'm, shout. I'm not the shouting type. So God says, you withheld your thirst. And since I'm not first, you have to be last. I'm not negotiating with you. Got it? You with me? Now, watch this. It says, but a certain man, Acts 5 and 1, we're almost done. Uh, Sapphira with his wife sold a possession. Verse 2. And he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part of the, uh, and laid it at the apostles' feet. So on Sunday, I talked to this principle. He wrecked when he did hell. Question is, why did he hold back? Why did he hold back? Somebody say, why did he hold back? Okay, okay, here's the deal. Why, why in the world did he hold back? I'm sure he had tons of great reasons for why he hold back, for, you know, well, I'm doing this, I got this plan, I'm going to do this, I got to be a good father, I got to protect for my wife, I got to do that. I'm sure he had a whole bunch of reasons. The point was is that God said, I don't care about none of that. Uh, I said, bring it and bring it all. Are you doing all this here? I'm just not studying all that. Now, I'm just talking to you. We, I'm, I'm going to preach in a minute, but I just need to talk to you because I need you to stop wrecking because you keep withholding. Say, no more wrecks for me because I withhold. So what do, let me ask you this. Why do you hold back? Why don't you give everything your all? Sobering, right? Sweeten it up. You complain to God, yet you're the one that holds back, so you stay stuck in setbacks. That's why Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, not to man. What did he say? Whatever you do. Which means, if you are the chief fry dipper, y'all dip them fries like Jesus is coming in your restaurant to eat them. Oh, no, that failed. Nope. I'm doing this as unto the Lord. The way you treat your spouse... Okay, got quiet. As unto the Lord. The, everything we do should be as unto the Lord, not to men. Which means, would you get, if Jesus the Christ was standing right in front of you, would you look the way you look now? Would you talk the way you talk to your friend? Would, everything you do, he said, do it heartily, which means all of you. Don't hold anything back. And here's why holding back is so dangerous. Because Hebrews 10.38 says this. For the right one with God lives by faith, but if anyone holds back, God says, my soul will not be pleased with him. He says, the just shall live by faith. I read a different translation. The just shall live by faith, but if anyone what? Draws back or holds back, God says, I have no pleasure in him. God says, I'm into people that are all into me. Did you get that? Okay, so I, I want to push this tonight. You came on the Wednesdays, I figured you want to get pushed. You close to the edge anyhow, I'm going to push you. But, but not in a negative place. Say, I'm being pushed into evolution. So, so, so check this out. He wrecked when he withheld. And the scripture says in Hebrews that God says, my soul has no pleasure in anybody that holds back. Everything you do should get all of you. And the important things should especially get all of you. Those five T's. Does it get all of you? All of you. In your praise and worship, do you come in and you give it your all? Or do you, I'm tired. I've been on my feet all day. I bet you if you was going to the Bronco game, you'd be standing. If you was going to a concert, you sure would have got untired. You would have went home, changed, <laughs> came out talking about, whoo wee I had a five-hour energy. I'm going to go. <laughs> so how you come to church? Lord, daddy's home. Oh. God, are they going to sing that again? I know Bishop liked that Best Days song, but Jesus Christ. Ain't it some old songs? No, that's what we sang it tonight. And they about to sing it again. <laughs> so, 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 so check this out. Here's the deal. Ananias was like, I did a little bit. Don't I get credit for that? And that's the problem with culture today, is we reward, I can't say that. Yeah. 
Go to Deuteronomy 22.10 in the King James Version. I want to show you something. 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 See, because here's the problem. I was having this conversation the other day with somebody, uh, earlier today with somebody, maybe yesterday. And I said, the problem is our culture rewards poor performance. So then why should people perform if poor performance is rewarded? There's a word for half-hearted performance. Deuteronomy 22, 10. You read it. Once you ready to read. Okay, so let me just say what I want to say. God's not into you half-assing it. And I didn't cuss. Donkey, read your Bible. See? He's just not about that life. But in culture, here's what we do. Well, everyone showed up to play. Here's a trophy. Well, you didn't win! So if you want a trophy next time, got to win. Some of us want rewards for that. Lord, take me as I am. He's like, great, come on. But I was just going to kind of stay right here, though. He's not about that. Even in relationships, some of you reward people have telling it. I'll, I'll, I'll hold back. Yeah, I know I'm going to treat it like it's a fifth Sunday. It's going to get rough real fast. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So wh why? You, say, you let them lie to you. Why tell you the truth? I mean, why? You know they lying. They know they lying. It's so funny to them when they telling you the truth, they laughing. Look, we was... Uh, <laughs> why are you tripping? Why are you tripping? They know they lying. You know they lying. God know they lying. And you're like, okay. That does make sense, though. So why does God not reward that? Because he says, I don't want you to think that's acceptable. See, you come just as you are, but don't plan on staying that way. Because his word is going to challenge you. His word is going to change you. And here's the good news. You're going to mess up along that journey. We all are. But our job is to get right back up. See, being all in doesn't mean I don't fail. Being all, means, all in means when I do fail and I do fall, I get right back up and I keep it moving. Slap your neighbor, high five, say, keep it moving. So here it is. So here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Verse 3. We're done. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie? What did he do? Held back. What is that? Incomplete obedience. I did part of it. Did a little bit of it. I got to use the board. God was behind me. Incomplete obedience. I see O. Now, question. Where have you been incompletely obedient? You've done a little bit. I'm part of it. The instruction was A, B, C. You did 17. Ampersand. And plus sign. What was the instruction? Right. So, uh, oh, there it is. See, right there. So you did all of that. And you, watch this. And Lord, I'm so tired. I'm just, Lord, I'm just so rough. Lord, it's so, Lord, I'm just pressing. Lord, I'm God is saying, you ain't done nothing I said. Except this little bit over here. So you're frustrated with life. You're talking about you're going to commit uh, uh, you're going to take this, you're going to take some folk out, you're going to take yourself out, you're going to knock your mama out, you're going to knock your cousin them out, you know, because mama said knock you out, you're going to do all that, you're going to do all that, and God says, but you've been, you've been incomplete in your obedience. The only thing you did was this, and you want me to give you a full reward for a half input. I go into your job, working two hours and saying, I expect my eight hours. You know what they're going to do? I hope they do it fast. They're going to say, come on, let's chat. <laughs> this isn't working out. 
get your stuff and be encouraged. <laughs> Y'all ain't saying that, dude. All right, all right, I'm about to go into preaching mode, but I just need you to get this first. Ananias, why did Satan fill your heart to lie? So check it out. You are dealing with demonic influence when you hold back. Whenever you talk yourself into holding back, God says that's a demon. He said, Satan filled your mind to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back. What did he do? Keep back. What was his sin? Keeping back. What was his sin? Incomplete obedience. That was his sin. Part of the price of the land for yourself. Look at verse 4. While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? Watch what he says. You did not lie to men, but you lied to God. Because here's what we do when we incompletely obey. We think we're only doing it to who we're doing it to. So you think you're only doing it to your job. You think you're only doing it to your spouse. You think you're only doing it to your cousin. You think you're only doing it to this person. You think you're only doing it to this person. And the reality is, is God says, no, what you're actually doing it is you are doing it to God. It's quiet here. Look at your neighbor and say, you show quiet. Shoulders of southern colloquialism. mean, you sure are. Look, verse 5. Then Ananias, hearing these words fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard those things. Check this out. God says, Ananias, you were incomplete in your obedience. You sold it, step one. You held back, and you thought I wasn't going to notice. You thought I was going to tolerate that. Because somehow, somewhere, somebody made you believe that I'm going to tolerate that. You know too much for me to tolerate that from you. Watch this, parents. Let me prove it to you. Parents, the, the older kid always gets the rougher deal. Why? Because they know. So, in fact, you expect them to help you. So, when you catch them doing stuff they doing with the younger kids, and you're like, well, yeah. And they're like, well, mama, so-and-so doing it. I ain't talking about so-and-so doing nothing. You're the oldest. You know better. I came to tell somebody tonight, God says, you know better than this. Stop your neighbor, high five, and say, you already know better. So, you'll whoop the old one for something they didn't do, but because they knew better, they let somebody else do it. Now, watch this, watch this, watch this. Here it is, here it is. Um, say incomplete obedience. Now, here's what happens. Bible says he falls down, he breathes his last. Now, check this out. I'm sure he had good reasons that were supported by his truth. I'm going to invest this. Just like Saul did. Lord, I, I didn't do what you said to do because I was going to sacrifice. God was like, you should have obeyed. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I don't want that. I want you to do what I said to do. That's like somebody said, bring me a cheeseburger. And they're like, look, I got you some great tacos. I don't want no tacos. I asked for a cheeseburger. I guess you could get a cheeseburger taco, but that is not what I asked for. Check it out. We're about to go to the preaching gear. Let's go third gear. Here it is. And the young men came, wrapped him up, carried him out, buried him. Check this out. He didn't get a chance to explain it because God says, I don't want to hear your excuses. I want to see your evolution. Why wouldn't God give him a chance to even repent? You know why? God knew he wouldn't. God knew, I have no need to listen to the rest of this because I know where this is going. All you're going to do is give me excuses for why you did it. You're not going to repent. Do you not know there's a scripture? I want to teach you like your Bible college class. Can I do it for a minute? Okay, that is an insufficient response. Can I teach you like your Bible college class? Now, 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 now I want to show you a scripture. This scripture, this scripture is going to mess with you. Okay, 1 Samuel 2.25. I'm going to show you something. This is going to make us, we're going to have good repentance tonight. We're going to have gully washing tonight. Tell me, I'm in my old school. Watch this. Touch your name. Say, this scripture is going to rock your world. This scripture is going to wander you from in living color. Watch this. 1 Samuel 2.25. I want you to read it. One, two, ready, read.
Okay, stop. Look at me real quick. Who did Peter say he did that to? The Lord. Keep reading. Look at me. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of love. But if you cross him, which is why I don't have any problem saying, Lord, against you and against you only have I sinned. Any people in here can be repentant tonight and say, Lord, I already know I messed up that, I did that. Forgive me for what I did and, uh, and I knew it was wrong and the stuff I didn't know was wrong that I did. See, that's why the Lord, I feel like preaching through here. That's why God loved David. David made a whole lot of mistakes, but David knew how to repent. David knew how to own his oops. David knew how to handle his scandal. Would you slap somebody a high five and say, you better learn how to repent. You better learn how to not be prideful and say, God, I made some mistakes. I did some crazy stuff. That was me. I'm not blaming nobody else because I don't want to be like Ananias. I don't want to be like Eli's son that the Lord desired to kill. Think about that. Think about that, church. I'm almost done. We're almost there. Think about that. The Bible says the Lord wouldn't let them hear. I used to have all these intervention conversations with folk. I'm going to help them. All these interventions. I said, Lord, why is it some folk just don't get it? He said, son, he said, listen, let's stop wasting time. He said, but Lord, if this mummy one more conversation, he said, it ain't going to change nothing. He said, because they don't understand they're doing that to me. And at a certain point, God says, even I get to a place. That was New Testament. So anybody who wants to say, well, oh, no, we under grace now. First off, that's a very bad teaching. You, you, so what, the whole rest of the Bible before that slit page in the Bible ain't valid? So let's shoot a few people there since, since the Old, Old Testament's gone. So you saying how crazy that sounds? So let's not even understand. There are seven major covenants in Scripture. Not one of them is called the Old Okay, just, just so we understand that, okay. Because some people say, oh, no, God ain't like that no more. Oh, no, he's the same yesterday, today, forevermore. Some, there are some people who don't get it, even with you. It's because God says, I no longer desire their presence in your life. So your only job is to bless and step and keep it moving. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So here it is. I got to quit. Here it is. He withheld. And when he withheld, the book says that he dropped down. God didn't even give him a chance to repent because he knew he wouldn't. He knew he wouldn't. He knew Ananias was going to be like, wait a minute, guys. Listen. 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 You ever had a long conversation with somebody? If you sit next to them, it's cool. You ever have a long conversation with somebody? And you're like, I know they're going to get it. And you've just been going for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And then at the end of that 30 or 45 minutes, you're like, okay, all right, I just wanted to get that out. I hear what you're saying. Uh, but I just don't see it that way. Man, what? I didn't just spend 30 minutes talking to you. What don't you get? Sometimes it's because the Lord, I, this, this, is gonna, this, is, this is deep stuff. This is deep stuff. Sometimes the Lord says, I don't even care that they don't hear. Because I'm going to help them. You're going to learn today. Here's what they were really guilty of. And here's what I want to wrap it up. So what were they guilty of, Bishop? Incomplete obedience. And this is what I want to challenge us to do tonight. Okay? Is when we incompletely obey God's word, here's the first way we know we're doing it. It's because we make excuses. If you wanted to, you would have. I don't like the way that looks. Here we go. Praise him. All right. When you make excuses, here's an excuse. Any reason to not get done what you could have did. Okay. Well, I had to. Mm -mm, you just didn't want to. Just, just stop all of the extra. You just didn't want to. Because if you wanted to, you would have. You just would have. So I, I, don't, I don't even, I challenge you to apply this in your life. Get a want to so you'll get a know how. 
Because when you get a want to, you'll get a know how. So you won't even have any reason for excuses. I'm teaching. We'll, I'll preach in a minute. You, you, y'all with me? See, this is the kind of stuff that's going to make you evolve. This is the kind of stuff that's going to make you a king amongst men. This is the kind of stuff that's going to make you a queen amongst women. women. Okay? All right? All right. Revelation 1 6, he makes us kings. If, somebody, if you're a man, say, I'm a king amongst men. Uh, if you're a woman, say, I'm a queen amongst women. That's why they don't, that's why they don't get you. They wouldn't. All right. Excuses. <laughs> Excuses. Excuses. That's incomplete obedience. Excuse, well, I, well, stop. Just stop. You didn't want to. Because if you wanted to, you would have. If you wanted to, you would have. End the discussion. Okay? All right? Here's number two. Here's a danger of incomplete obedience. Because incomplete obedience, number one, it does what? Make excuses. Incomplete obedience, watch this. It loses what it was trying to protect. What it, I'll give you the rest. It loses what it was trying to protect. Ananias probably thought, I'm being a great husband. I'm protecting her. God said, no, you're not. You're about to lose her. The reason you're going to lose her is because you didn't do what I said. You're not being a great husband. You're not being a great husband. You're not being a great husband at all. What you're doing is you are showing her dishonor. And so she got to go and you got to go. You're not being a great husband. Well, I, I'm being a great Christian. No, you're not. I'm being a great businessman. No, you're not. You're incompletely obeying. Here's the third thing. You with me, church? Incomplete obedience is only contrite if it's caught. See, when you really have a desire to obey, that means that you always succeed. Okay? We all fail, right? We all make mistakes, right? That's why you can't be in competition with anybody else except yesterday's version of yourself. So the deal is, question, why didn't Ananias catch himself? Because he really wasn't contrite, contrition, apologetic, repent. He really wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't. Because if he was, the moment Peter called him in, hey, sir, listen, before we get in all of the, the, this with the land, I was, I had 200000 over here I was, I was supposed to give. I sold it for a million. I had 200000 I was holding. It was wrong of me to do. Here's all of it. Now, if you want to give me something back, sir, that's real, that's, re that's a real, that's, that's the type of heart David had. It's a pure heart. But a wicked heart, a wicked heart is like, did anybody see me? I didn't do it. It's only contrite if it's caught. So if somebody calls you on it, well, but a pure heart. Somebody say, I have a pure heart. See, a pure heart says, it's my intention to obey. It's my intention to be. You, you ever say this, Lord? I just, Lord, just, just whatever is with me that ain't like you. I had that kind of moment. We're about to have that in about 60 seconds. Okay, because here's what the psalmist said. Create in me a what? And renew a what? Now, notice, notice where Ananias went wrong and we're done. It says, verse 3 of Acts chapter 5, verse 3. Here we are. Acts 5, verse 3. Watch what it says. It says, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your what? Heart. So, so what was Ananias' real problem? Heart problem. His heart made him think. This ain't the first time he did this. This time is just the time that it cost him everything. He got away with it, 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 got away with it. And then one day God says, now you didn't did that to the wrong one. You did that to the wrong one this time. Because Ananias, you've been doing it. What Sapphira didn't know is you held something back from her too. Y'all sitting up here plotting together. She don't know she got some she money and you got some he money. Both of y'all, both of y'all playing one another. So what did the psalmist say? Here's where we're going to close, right here, because I'm out of time. Did you learn something tonight, church? Yes, sir. Bishop, you didn't preach. I'll shout in a minute. Psalmist said, created me a what? Clean heart. And renew a what? Right spirit in me. You know what that word right means? It means steadfast. 
Say steadfast. You know what that means? Loyal. Faithful. Doesn't hold back. And you know why we become disloyal, unfaithful? You know why we hold back? Because we often gave everything to people that didn't deserve it. And because you gave everything to people that didn't deserve it, then watch this, in relationships and friendships, then when somebody shows up that does deserve it, you hold back. Okay? In church, uh, in, in any aspect of life, something happens that triggers in us, I'm going to hold back. What if Jesus held back from Peter, James, and John because of Judas? What if he holds back from you? What if God holds back from you because of somebody else he saved that treated salvation like it was nothing? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to end like this. Say, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Every area of me that withholds from you. Tonight, I command it to come in order. I command it to completely obey. I ask for forgiveness for all my sin that committed knowingly and unknowingly. I'm all in tonight. I'm all invested tonight. Every part of me, every gift, every talent, every skill, I lay it at your feet. My life is not my own. It belongs to you. It belongs to you. Now, Wednesday Night Live, I just want you to take 90 seconds to stand on your feet and worship right through there. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.